Hey, hello there. Welcome to From Skirts to Scrubs. I'm Alicia. And I'm Charlotte. And we are two medical students trying to figure out our place in medicine by looking to the past and to current events to try and understand the impact they have on us as women in medicine and women in general. Yeah, and you can find or follow us on social media. We have an Instagram and Facebook, which are at From Skirts to Scrubs. We have a Twitter, which is at FSTS underscore podcast. And you can check out our website for more information on our episodes, show notes, sources, and more at FromScursusGrubs.com. Yes, and you can also subscribe to our podcast on any podcasting app that you use and leave a rating and review. And Apple Podcasts and Spotify are great places to do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Char. Episode six. Last oh episode of the mini series. Yay. I know. Did you like it? Was it fun? It was fun to try something a little different. I'm excited to like get back to medicine, of course, but it was fun to like explore different things and what we usually do. Yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was really fun and different. And if you, our listeners, enjoyed it, please reach out to us. Let us know this was a new idea for us. And it kind of helped us keep the podcast going during a really busy time. Um, Mm -hmm. so we'd love to know how that went, if it went well, what we could do better. So let us know. And then if you have any other ideas for other mini series, we would love to know about those too, because we probably are going to keep doing this in the future at like little bumps in time and would love to know what you want to hear about. (laughs) Um, but okay. So this is the final episode and in it, we are going to be talking about a woman called La Llorona. Many of you have probably heard of her um, because she's very prominent in popular culture. I feel like she's come up a lot in the last few years. Mexican children have grown up hearing about and fearing La Llorona as Mm. uh, kind of a cautionary tale for misbehaved children. Like if you were bad, then La Llorona was going to come tormenting you. But I also think recently, maybe in the last couple of years, it was made into a horror movie. I think it was called the Curse of La Llorona. And then, oh my I don't know, gosh. there's a song in the Disney movie Coco that's called La Llorona. So I think it's just been coming what? up more and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess I've heard of La Llorona, but I guess, have you heard of La Llorona, Charlotte? What do you know about her? If I don't know anything, literally anything. That's all I have to offer. Nothing. Okay. I'm a little surprised. Me but that's walking okay. into me walking into rounds. I have literally nothing to offer here. So. <laughs> okay. 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 So then I'll give you some context. La Llorona is a Mexican folktale. And it literally, the name La Llorona translates to the weeping woman. So okay. this is often told in the context of ghost stories and horror stories. And actually the movie about her is like a horror movie. And it's she's similar kind of to Bloody Mary. So the okay. idea is that like, if you see La Llorona, she is an omen of death and like bad luck and like fear. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'll just, I'll tell, just tell the story. We'll see what we think. Sounds good. Let's do it. Maria was the most beautiful woman in all of Mexico. Day after day, men begged for her hand in marriage. And day after day, she rejected them. And they returned home defeated, 
with broken hearts. And Maria continued to live this way, breaking men's hearts day by day until this dashing young gentleman galloped into town on his horse or something. Quite an entrance. Mm -hmm. And Maria, of course, fell madly in love with him the moment she laid eyes on him. And she knew that she had to have him. He was the only one who matched her beauty and elegance in every way, in ways that no one else could. So she needed to be with this man. And Mm -hmm. so she did, of course. The two fell in love. They got married. And they had two wonderful children together. They were two little boys. And after a few happy years, her husband started spending less and less time at home. But when he Mm -hmm. was around, he would still like dote on his children. He still loved them a lot, but he just was not at home, not at home as much and didn't spend as much time with his wife. And one day he rode into town again with another woman at his side. (gasps) No, I I saw it coming a miles away. away. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And he came up to Maria. This is so savage. He came up to Maria right to her face and pledged his life to another woman who he barely knew because he said his current wife was no longer beautiful. What? Mm Mm-hmm. So rude. I know, I know. And so Maria was utterly devastated, just completely heartbroken and basically hopeless. And so in a fit of sorrow and rage, she basically planned to inflict agony, the same agony that she was feeling like internally Mm -hmm. onto him, onto the man that like did this to her, who broke her heart so that he would feel the same pain that she did. So what do you think she did, Charlotte? Ripped out his heart. No, but I'm glad I asked. <laughs> that's <laughs> so not it. But <laughs> it's actually that's pretty what dark. He did what, to her. It that is what he did to her. Actually, that's pretty good. But no, <laughs> um, what he what she did was significantly worse. So that night she woke up her two boys, she took their hands. And she guided them to a river to go take a bath. Oh, no. And then hand in hand, the three immersed themselves in the water. But the boys were kept underneath the water, still holding their mother's hand. And they never came up for air. No. I know. That's and awful. then I know. And after her like fit of rage kind of dissipated and she overcame her anger, she realized what she'd done. And she basically, I mean, she murdered her children and she was so upset. She shrieked to the world from the gallows of her soul through her tears, the weeping woman, she cried, mis niños, my children. And that was her like lament. And then she mm-hmm. walked into the river and drowned herself too. Oh no. I know. And it's said that she went to the gate of heaven. She arrived at the gates of heaven, but was barred from entering because she had committed such great evil because she killed her children. And so 
she was sent back to earth to wander. And in her long white burial robes, it said that she searches now for new children to claim as her own for all eternity. Oh man. Yeah. And I mean, short and sweet. That's the story of La Llorona. Oh my gosh. I know it's dark. It's really dark. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think she was going to kill her own children. Yeah. Wow. I I think we should talk about it. I think we should unpack it. Yeah, I think so too. All right, Char, what are your thoughts? Just like unfiltered as if we filter our thoughts beforehand, but like, what is, (laughs) what are your original initial thoughts? I'm shocked that she murdered her own children. Also, I, I feel, I feel like she was so betrayed. I mean, she was betrayed, but like she was holding out for so long to get married, like her people down. She like knew her worth. She was like, no, I don't want to get married to just anyone. And she ended up marrying this dude. And then he just like moved was on the from her because she, because she aged like a normal person. I'm sure he, he wasn't that cute growing up like <laughs> later in life. Like, I know. So I rude. bet he was like old too. Like I bet he was like 50 and she was like 22 probably. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So I feel betrayed for her that she like held out and then got married and had this like great life. And he was actually like, actually, no. Um, so yeah. And I can't believe she killed her own children. That's I know. That's really and sad. Honestly, I, I understand why she was turned away from heaven. I would probably also turn her away from murdering her own children, but she could have just like gone to hell. She didn't have to be a ghost. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the worst punishment. I know. But you know what's interesting is I think, like, I mean, you're right. She could have just gone to hell. But I think what's interesting is that, like, a lot of, you know, Mexicans are Catholic. And so they believe in, they have like a very strong sense of like heaven and hell and like divine intervention. And so I think there's something really like powerful about the fact that she like arrived at the gates of heaven and was literally turned away. That's Um, true. Yeah. And so now she's in this like earth purgatory, basically wandering, like terrorizing people. Yeah. Yeah. That's even worse. I guess true. I forgot. If you are Catholic, then you do believe in hell too. So yeah. But then I also think there's something to be said about like grief and like what the body can do when it's like grieving and how it responds to grief. Um, so that was a thought I had as well. In addition to something that came to mind as I was kind of like telling you the story was, um, you know, Munchausen's syndrome or like Munchausen's by proxy and just like that set of diseases where people are so sick that they like, don't realize what they're doing or they're like harming their children not realizing which for context Munchausen's by proxy is like basically Munchausen's disease is when you make yourself sick to kind of get social capital because you're sick and people want to take care of you Munchausen's by proxy is where you make someone else sick so that you both can gain social capital by having this like person who needs care and it usually happens between like often between mother and and child but like 
usually parent and child in some way. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on her as a monster? Because I feel like she's a, different from a lot of the monsters that we have talked about this season. Yeah, it's true. She doesn't really have like a specific like monster story in a way. Like she has like a coming of story. Her acting as a monster isn't really the story. So from my understanding, her as a monster is looking for her own children. But I guess I would need to know like, what does she do if she like finds children to be her own? You know, at this point, she's just kind of like a ghost, like wandering. And that, in that sense, she's not really a monster to me. She's more like just like a lost soul and someone more to like be pitied in a way. I think like this is where the story kind of diverges because there's not really, she's a legend, you know, like she's a folk lore and so Mm -hmm. there's some stories that say that she will like murder other children there's other stories that say that she will murder like cheating men but she essentially like haunts and kills people and that's why it's like an omen to see it's like a bad omen if you see la llorona that means you're like marked for death oh okay okay yeah she's a monster in the sense that she like killed her children now she's going and like trying to claim other children as her own. And so she like ends up also killing them. But yeah, just all very dark. Yeah, oh my gosh. But I think what's cool about La Llorona and this story is that it's been around for ages, like literally so long. It's like a staple of Mexican culture. And because it's been around so long, there's been a lot of analysis of this story. And so- It's really cool because there's a lot of cool feminist and like Chican X analysis of La Llorona and people who've analyzed her from this like perspective over so many years. And there's several Chican X feminist authors and theorists who've analyzed this, but one in particular, Cristina Santos, um, she actually wrote a book, which I'm like, why did we not read this book? The book is called Unbecoming Female Monsters. Witches, vampires, and virgins. <laughs> no, what were we doing? <laughs> I know. But in her book, she basically tries to deconstruct claims of female monstrosity. And it's cool because she will like deconstruct female monstrosity and correlate those to times in women's lives. And so hmm. for La Llorona, she talks about her in the chapter on motherhood, comparing okay her to this Aztec goddess named Coatliku, who is both a creator and a destroyer. And the way that this Aztec goddess is like depicted is that her head and her limbs are cut off and there's snakes, like snakes have, you know, replaced those two parts. And it's interesting because like, we know obviously snakes are viewed as negative symbols in Western culture typically. But in this Mm -hmm. context, Santos describes this, you know, snake as actually a never ending cycle of life, death and rebirth. And Mm. the way that a snake will shed its skin is viewed as a rising self consciousness through personal transformation. And for women, the releasing of power of femininity. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of this idea of like, shedding your skin, being reborn and like going in the cyclical nature. And so I guess I'm wondering how we could use that idea, that framework 
to understand La Llorona's like motives for her actions and like why she did what she did in the context of like mm-hmm. motherhood. We can honestly generalize it to like women as monsters and this idea of like, we see a woman as a monster, but what if we looked at her as someone who was like coming into her own? Okay, thinking of this context and talking about like how, like for example, the snake is like the never ending cycle and how you're kind of like rising through personal transformation. For um, this story, like I said, it's, her coming of story it's her origin story of how she is becoming who she is now but I think in this context it's not so much as like a a good rise in self-consciousness she's like coming into this part of herself that she maybe thought she could never reach like killing her own children and she might have imagined herself as growing into this like mother who you know all mothers might want to aspire to be but she found herself in a hard situation where her only path forward was like ending the lives of herself and her children um so it's like a negative transformation in a way yeah I agree I mean I think like it's really hard to look at this woman and look at this story and really see her in any kind of positive light I mean she killed her own children and I think that in a way is like truly unforgivable and yet I think something about her imperfections like she was human and she made major mistakes. And I think, you know, like what was done to her and the trauma that she endured just, and if we want to call it trauma or even just like intense distress, like led her down this path of grief that like she didn't know Mm -hmm. how to control. And I think that's another thing too, is like just the kind of person that she was even before Like, I love the way that you framed it of her being, you know, she waited for the right person and then she like didn't like settle. But I think you could also see it as like, she thought she was better than all of these suitors. And so she sent them Mm -hmm. away. And yet Mm -hmm. this one man comes along and she like put all her eggs in his basket and he completely betrayed her. Um, And so now I like can't even imagine all the like grappling that she's going through. Um, Yeah. But it is cool because there's actually been like retellings of this story by other like Chicana feminists where they will just like completely Mm. like in a way almost change the narrative so that it's not about like Maria, this woman who like found a man, fell in love and then was wronged. But it's more like a woman who knew what she wanted and kind of like what you're saying, found someone worked with them tried to work through her issues and then like he treated her poorly and yet Mm -hmm. she persisted and in the other version of the story she is just like she takes her children and like leaves gotcha and she like removes herself from a bad situation um but it was interesting because I was reading this kind of longer analysis of this story And even though it's hard to kind of frame it in a truly positive light in terms of her actions, something that it brought up was like this idea of monster theory, which Mm -hmm. is this concept of like all monsters being analyzed as either they reject themselves or the other, like they are either one Mm. or the other, Mm -hmm. um, that they either hate themselves or they hate everyone else. Yeah. And like one of the artists or not artists, one of the authors, like one of the feminist authors who was analyzing this piece was kind of saying 
La Llorona, like we could read it and like think of it as she is retaining her monstrous traits and she doesn't need to be like hating herself or hating everyone. She is considering both herself and the other. She's like coming into this definition of a monster, even though she started out as like a regular person and she's just a woman who like made a mistake and yet that like makes her a monster and she is like bad but she's not like poorly intentioned and so it's just really wishy-washy and it mm-hmm. like invites you to sit in that kind of confusingness yeah for sure yeah so since her story is not the like typical monster story there's no part of like this is all the evil that she did when she was defined as a monster it's very like okay, she did the evil and then she died. Now it just sounds like she's just wallowing about. So like, where is the monster part? Though I like that. Now it's making me think back on all of our other episodes of like, how how are these women defined as monsters in that idea? And were they also in the middle or defined by one or the other? I'm unsure. Yeah, I know. I like have, I mean, I only just started thinking about this now in this way. And I think it's a really interesting way to think about it. But I wanted to end on this quote that I thought was kind of cool. So um, it just says, when monster theory is revised to be feminist monster theory, the definition of monster is powerfully reclaimed as an identity which allows for resistance, change, and self-acceptance. Aw, I like that. I know, right? Good end to the series. I know! Uh, well, if you like this episode and you like this mini series, you should subscribe to our podcast. Um, we're available on all the podcasting apps. And then you can also leave a rating and review and Apple Podcasts is the best place for that. But you can also do it on Spotify if you want. Yeah, you can also follow us on our respective social medias. You can check out our website for more information, show notes, sources, merch, which is afrinscurbs.com. And lastly, here is to the women who have fought for us to be where we are today. And may we do the same for those who come after us. Absolutely. See you next time. Bye, everyone.